0: Welcome to South Carolina Launch's CEO podcast, where we hear from CEOs on their entrepreneur experience.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of SC Launch CEO podcast. I'm Lee McElwinen, an investment manager with South Carolina Research Authority, SCRA. Our guest today is John Scott, co-founder of Stack, um out of Greenville. Welcome, John, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us.
0: Hey, Lee, no problem. Always glad to talk to you.
1: Great. I appreciate it, man. Um, So we'll start kind of with the just background on the company. So give us the story and kind of your journey for Scopestack.
0: Yeah, man. So we, you know, we've been around, um, for about five years. And again, as, as you mentioned, we're most of our team is right here in in Greenville, um, prior to starting Scopestack, I worked for several IT services companies as a pre-sales engineer and a large part of my job was scoping out professional services, projects, and managed services, projects, and and all the tools we had available to us, um, regardless if I worked at a massive organization where spreadsheets and word templates. <laughs> and so, you know, that became so painful for myself and my team. And, you know, started Googling Cisco Sal automation or just ways to solve this and we couldn't find anything. And so mm-hmm. I went to the smartest person I knew at the time, like um, who is now my co-founder in scope stack. And I said, Hey, I have this problem. Can we build software to, to solve this? Right. And so he and I started collaborating on that um, late 2017, early 2018 and the the rest is kind of history at this point.
1: Well, it sounds like you, I mean, you built it back, back then. And then uh, have you gone through some, probably a few iterations uh, since then I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah, I mean you know it's it's definitely um, it's not a destination; it's a journey with software, <laughs> right? So sure. there's this constant you know um, build the vision, ship the version um, is the is my favorite quote because it's it's constant iteration, right? And right, um, we had our very first customer on in 2018. They're still on the platform today, and so in, in terms of software, our churn's really low. What and and what that means to us is, or I, I think one of the reasons we've had such low turn is just we take a very collaborative um, method for working with our customers. And, and mm-hmm. really, that's kind of the iteration in our product, right, is we listen to them, which I know is a novel idea today. And we actually, you know, consider that. Does it fit with the vision of where we're going with the product? And we'll build that in. Right. And so there's, you know, the past five, five and a half years of building it. I mean, you know, you've been in software. It's a, it's a constant iteration.
1: Uh, very helpful. For true. sure. Um, so, yeah. I- as a follow up, where where would you kind of on the startup lifecycle? We'll talk software companies. Where would you say ScopeStack is? Um, yeah, to, and then tell us a little bit about your vision for where you want to take it in the
0: future. Yeah, so I, I think where we are today is definitely getting into. You know, I, I feel like we have product market fit. Um, we're we're really getting into that growth stage, right? So we're yeah. we're past early adoption. Um, we're past MVP we just launched actually a free plan a couple of uh, months ago. And so really that's that's kind of our first step, if you will, into to what we call product-led growth. And, and we think that is kind of uh, the base in which we'll scale the business, right? And so oh. we want people to experience the value of Scopestack before they even have to talk to someone, right? Previously, yeah. we were going and we were doing the traditional sales model of outreach, cold calling and doing that. And we just found that, you know, and again, as you know, like most engineers, most our ideal persona, they don't want to talk to anyone <laughs> they wow. want to go out, start using software and evaluate software, just like a, a consumer does today, right? If you're going to go, wow. go download Facebook, you don't talk to a salesperson. You go download it, experience it yourself. And as you want to add more features or do things with it, that's when you might reach out and talk to someone. But again, back to our, you know, I, I think we're definitely early stages of growth. Um, and really scaling the business as opposed to, you know, solving the problem and fixing some of the core tenets of, you know, what a business would be in terms of, you know, vision for the platform. We, yeah. you know, our, we've always been very focused around the IT services space. And so that's a pretty substantial market for us, you know, between 80 million, hundred million, right up, depending on how, how much of the market we can go get, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think there's a ton of room for us to grow into that market and really continue to serve it very well however at the same time right like there's some nascent verticals that i think would fit very well in the scope Stack platform so while we're focused on purely it services mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a, a vertical right next door to that i'd say in, in audio visual right and production that entails some of the same aspects of the it services organization. so you know, I, I think the sky's the limit, really, um, for what we can do here. And, and if we continue to build software in the way that we have been, you know, that's um, that's stable and scalable. And we build it in a smart way like we really have a lot of room to, to grow.
1: You now, certainly the industry that you serve, the IT service industry is uh, is not going away anytime soon. Um, they yeah, we need, need solutions just like yours to be able to to quote, to service, to do statements of work, et cetera. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and we, you know, even during the pandemic, right? Like, yeah. IT services was they grew because everyone's trying to go to a work from home model, and these organizations were supporting all of their end customers and making that transition. So we we actually saw an uptick in, you know, activity and people adopting our platform because services was, was a big part of that. Yeah,
1: what I, I want to just spend a little bit of a, a little bit of time going into the challenge you faced with your customer acquisition and where you did that pivot can you yeah. share there are some of the founders that are listening they're going to be listening to this a uh, software companies are going boy that is a tough place is how do i how do i scale the company how do i figure out how to get to my customers and it sounds like you re- you really figured it out but it took a little bit of a shift can you kind of talk Yeah it,
0: yeah and, and I'll be the first to say I don't, I don't you know we don't have all the answers, but we have learned a lot in the past year even and kind yeah. of preparing for this pivot. Um, you know, again, the, the previous model was very much so the traditional, hey, I'm going to call someone, see if they'll get on a demo with me, demo the platform. You know, they might want a trial, so we'll do, you know, maybe give them access to it. And, and it's no. it just took so many steps to get them to the to the point where there was a buying decision of any sort. Right. Mm-hmm. And And what we started to see is, um, well, I'll step back. So our, our market is definitely, definitely a 80, 20, right? So 20% of our, um, market is enterprise organizations, huge, large value-added resellers and MSPs. The other 80% are everyone else, right? So everyone from single man MSP value-added resellers to, you know, up to a hundred, right. Where, that's the majority of the market in terms of quantity of customers that we have out there. However, they all have the same problem. Right. And so while the upper end of that tier for us, you know, our go to market on the enterprise is is still the traditional cold calling, building relationships and cultivating that, that works. Right. And, and that, um, payback is considerable based on that. The other end of the market, right, where we have plans starting at $200 a month. uh, hiring a salesperson, paying them a base in order for them to even cover the base in, in terms of our business operating costs, you know, they'd have to sell a, a decent number of contracts and deals before yeah. they can even cover that. Um, and so just looking back at kind of the, the, the economics of hiring a person, what the return on it, you know, would be there, it just didn't really make sense for us. And so yeah. we shifted to um, product-led growth is essentially the model that we're going after now. And and that really the core tenet of that is the product becomes the central element in which you engage and talk to both prospects and existing clients. Right. And so Mm -hmm. now, because we launched this free plan, we build our marketing, we build nurture and email campaigns all along the lifecycle of getting them to a website, getting them to sign up for a free plan and then engaging them while they're in our application saying, Hey, did you know you can do this? Did you know you can do that? Right. And, and allowing them to experience the value of our platform before they even talk to anyone. What that means to us is we can actually measure their activity in the application. And essentially what we get to is what we call a product qualified lead not a sales qualified, not a marketing qualified, but it's a deeper down the funnel lead, right? That we can okay. then now cherry pick and go talk to them and build much more, you know, deeper relationships if we want to, because we know they get it, they've experienced the value, they've had that aha moment. Right? Um, yeah, so again, I could talk about it all day long. But like, that's been a big shift for us. Um, and and probably the, the biggest challenge, you mentioned other founders listening, the biggest challenge in that for, for me as a leader, of the business is getting everyone bought into it. Hmm. Right. So it's, it's no longer, Hey, we're all in these silos. You have R and D over here doing their thing. You have marketing, you have customer success and this product model. Now everyone has an impact Hmm. to closing a client. Right. And so like getting everyone bought in on that was probably the trickiest part. Right. And communicating the vision of where we want to go and like what that means for everyone.
1: That plus, yeah, that's a great point. And plus the fact that probably have more people, I would think, maybe touching the customer because there's a higher degree of customer engagement for them to be able to agree, hey, I really like this, so I'm going to go ahead and sign up. Is Was that a fair yeah. question?
0: No, uh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, and, and even on the R&D development side, what feature are you working on right now that makes it easier for someone to use the platform? Right. Which makes it easier for them to have that aha moment, which makes it more likely that they're going to give us money <laughs> right pay right. us for the service and, and so it's it's everyone in the team right now has a, a part in our go-to-market which is pretty cool
1: that that's great um there yeah. are some there are a lot of intangible benefits too as you said bringing not only your team together but really making the customer understand that and they feel like they can touch whether you the founder as well as a lot of different people in your organization yeah
0: um, uh, absolutely
1: did, did when you went through that kind of that adjustment for offering a free or a, we should call it freemium model, um, where sure. you go, did you also adjust the prices of the product itself or did you keep them kind of the same? I'm just curious what what you said to do on your pricing strategy.
0: Yeah, I mean that was definitely a part of the whole conversation um, for us mm-hmm. because because again, like you kind of go back and look at our market, we have very large enterprise organizations that have the same problem as the lower end organizations or smaller organizations. Right. However, you know, it's, it's more painful, you know, the the higher you get at market. Right. Um, And so we, yeah, we had to evaluate different pricing models um, as we launched that free plan, one that will scale with our customers as opposed to being a barrier to entry based on that price point.
1: Well, I, I think it's an important point that you just made. I mean, not only have you revised your strategy, your go-to-market strategy, but also your pricing to be more responsive to what your customers are looking for. And and a lot of founders don't, either they do that or they wait too late to do that.
0: Yeah, and it's hard. And you know this as well as anyone, like pricing is, you could probably have 10 podcasts, right? Just talking about pricing strategy alone. Sure. Um, and I think there's, you know, we, we've changed it a few times since we've gone to market and, and it's really like our, our intent is how do we build a mechanism that's both easy to understand, but mm-hmm. also um, easy for them to consume, right? And so when we made the shift to this this product led model, it's, hey, it's not only tied to users, but it's also tied to capacity and you can move either one of those toggles yeah to get you to the right price point that you feel good about, you know? And, and so Trying to be flexible in
1: that. Okay. Um, to shift gears a little bit, we talked. We talked about one struggle or one obstacle that you overcame, which was the acquisition of customers with the new strategy. When you look back, kind of the whole perspective of the growth of SkoStack, what are some of the key obstacles that you've overcome, and and kind of walk us through how you overcame those?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, sales is a big one. I think someone told me a long time ago. Long time ago, that um, sales fixes all sorts of problems. It might have been you. I don't know. That's true, <laughs> right? But revenue, like revenue heals
1: all wounds. That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and so, you know, I I came from a world of pre-sales where I was working alongside a sales executive and someone doing yeah. sales, but I was not at the end of the day compensated even by um, GP or margin or revenue. Right. I was I was I was given a salary. Right. All right um I, I think what I learned very early on starting as a business is just how important sales is hmm. um and how hard it is at the same time like it's probably one of the most important aspects of starting a business but it's not easy right like no. it's it's hard um so that that was a big barrier both to to myself being responsible for selling but then also hiring other sales people yeah right like how do you manage to that what are the things that you need to manage and so i, I had a great group of mentors that helped me kind of figure that out. Um, Or at least (laughs) they would console (laughs) me when I had problems. Um, But you know, and then I think the the other bit was, which is tightly related to that is just hiring the right people. Right? Um, Very early, early on, like the the culture piece is as important as the skill set piece, and and maybe more important, honestly. Um, You know, and, and so selling, hiring the right people, and then just making sure we're running the business well we're not overspending right we're not yeah. we're managing our runway we're managing our cash burn and, and again you you were helpful in, in helping us just kind of navigate that at any point in time so
1: well thank you that i think you, you talking about the when you as you describe when you're an engineer um you know how to do pre-sales but now you're running a company and you're yeah. coming to business, which is difficult to understand the financials and it's all, it's all critical. Um, yeah. Any counsel that you can give to founders who are in similar situations, but how do they get that business savvy and that understanding about what to do with expenses and everything from raising capital too?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of the, the things that helped myself and, and Andy, our co-founder the most, again, like having a co-founder was really helpful and, and someone that, Um, was experienced and has um, Mm. not even necessarily experienced like starting a business, but has been around startups, has been, has a different perspective, right? So like I have certain skill sets, he has certain skill sets and and thankfully those two things complement each other. Um, But in in terms of other counsel, I'd, I'd say just having good people around you and here in Greenville, like I've said this several times on a number of different channels is like there are founders that have been there, have done it. You've been there. You've done it. Like there are people that I could pick up the phone and call and say, Hey, I'm having this problem. Like, how have you handled that? Just having people around you that are available to answer questions has been extremely helpful. Um, and, and we've, we have that here in Greenville. We have that here in the state of South Carolina. And so that, that's something that has been great, um, for us, for sure. And, and I think there's definitely an element of like on the job training, <laughs> like some things you just have to experience and you have to be willing to adapt, um, to those. Right. Um, and also don't, don't spend more money than you have.
1: <laughs> That's true. Living within your means. Um, uh, yeah. always, yeah. always some advice. Well, you, you raise a really good point because we are in Greenville as well as the other parts of, uh, certainly South Carolina, Columbia, and then the low country they're communities that are all in different stages of development. Can you yeah. share with us how important that's been as you talk about kind of being able to get advisors, peers, um, and the role that they played in, uh, in advising you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can just speak to like the, the organized ways that, um, or organized programs that I've been a part of, and also the unorganized programs that I've been a part of. Okay. Right. And so for here, um, for me in Greenville next was, um, you know, I think the first year of business I was engaged with next. Right. And it's like, okay, there are great people around willing to talk to me about that. As a part of next, there was a there's a program called VMS. Um, it's basically venture mentor um, service It's built off a program at MIT, I believe. And, and so Mm-hmm. They, they um, rolled that out and it wasn't like one of those things you're okay, I want to be a part of it and they just accept you. Um, you actually have to get up in front of a group of executives and leaders in our organ in, in our community and like kind of pitch your idea and pitch what you're doing and they will say, hey, you kind of have a great idea. We think there's some potential here. We want to put a group of mentors around you and this is a free service yeah, right um, they, they do make me pay them in donuts a lot. But other than that, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no. like that, that was a, that's a free service. And I, I've been, I've been with that group of mentors um, for um, almost four years now.
1: Wow. That's right. Crazy. So wow. it's
0: almost the entire time of um, ScopeStack's existence. I've had a group of five guys that I meet with every single month um so that that's more like the organized piece that's been extremely helpful okay there are other just other leaders within the or like within the greenville community specifically that i've had direct interactions with where i've met them at an event or whatnot and they will literally give me their cell phone number and say hey if there's anything i can do to help you please call me and i've taken some of them up on that right i've texted them and said hey can you meet me for coffee i have some things i want to talk to you about or I see you're connected to this person on linkedin can you help me with an introduction and and everyone's been you know willing to do that and and so those two things have just been just the willingness to help has been um a huge part of our success i think and and kind of building on the foundation that's already been built before us
1: well it's, it's really encouraging to hear you as where you're you're trying to run a family you you are Oh, trying to, I mean, trying to run a company, you're building this for your family at the same time, you're able yeah. to back to the community is, is, uh, is really commendable. Yeah.
0: And, and like, it's, you know, people, I see people that have built a business, they've had an exit, they've been successful, they're doing that, right. And so I'm really just kind of following their lead. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and I think like I've learned a lot in the past five years of things not to do, but also things that have worked well for us, right. And it, it may not work for some other founders, but. Um, I I think one thing to like, just summarize my time is don't overcomplicate it. Like me as an engineer, like I want to get all these tools and I want to do all this data analytics stuff. But like, if I can really just put pen to paper on a strategy or an experiment that I want to run and like, think of it outside of like tools and and, and other stuff that really muddies the water, like that has has really helped me in terms of just sanity, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like don't overcomplicate it.
1: Well, last, uh, last question. Um, so when you think about SCRA, and I know we've known each other for, for many years, um, yeah. what role do you think we played in your success and any suggestions that you would role we should be playing in the future.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it, y'all played a critical role in, um, in our, and, um, our and continue to do that. Right. Like, so you and I talk quite often, um, yeah. I, early on the, the whole, um, acceleration grant PDF grant, like that to us was, that was a huge deal back then. Right. right? And it's still a huge deal because it was, it was grant money. I mean, there were like very little strings attached, um, and in terms of, I don't know, I, again, we are very, we were building a business, right. And there's some things we didn't know we were trying to acquire clients. However, we had a really good idea. And I I think we had, we were starting to build a really good team. And so you you all thankfully saw that and and hopefully continue to see that. And so your early investment into us, without like, taking a bite out of our business, right was, was a big deal. Um, And and I still tell founders about that program. But I also tell them that, you know, it's not just money, you go talk to Lee and he'll give you a bunch of money, right? Like you have to put the work in and you have to report back on the things you're doing. And like, I think the reason that our partnership has been successful is we told you we were going to do something and we did it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we said, Hey, with this grant money, we're going to do these things. Okay. We came back, Lee, we did these things. Now can we talk to you about more grant money? Sure. We're going to do these things. Okay. We did these. Th- can we talk about other investment? Like I think just, Telling you what we were going to do and actually executing is what was really the key to hopefully a, you know a long-lived partnership.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, i matter of fact, I would say going to the next step is you. You made my job much easier because you <laughs> once we agreed on the milestones and the inflection points. You hit those. Once you hit them, it, it was just a natural culmination to say we're we're ready to go from grants to an investment messy launching our investment affiliate right and then we we go on from there to continue to help you um so
0: yeah yeah and and i think we were um you know this probably better <laughs> than anyone like we were very um realistic with our goals and the things that we were trying to sure. achieve right i don't i don't think we oversold what we felt like we could accomplish yeah. um and so you know, right now, I think it's very easy for me to continue to have conversations with SC Launch because, because of our track record, and because of our background, because we have it executed well. So,
1: couldn't agree more. Um, I'm looking forward to to uh, seeing kind of what is the uh, the next the next step um, in our journey together. So, John, yeah, I- absolutely. Hey, man, I just want to thank you very, very much for being our guest today. Um, it was great hearing the Scopes Gag story, and I look forward to seeing you know, your success in the future being a part of that.
0: I appreciate it, Lee, and thank you for, for all that you all have done for us. Really appreciate thanks, my it. My pleasure.
1: Um, thanks again, John.